Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everyone. It's a new year, and if you haven't made a resolution yet, then take my advice. Skip the exercise and instead commit to change your sports book over to MyBookie. Sign up now using the promo code ABSOLUTEDGEN. MyBookie will meet you halfway to give you a head start on building your bankroll. That's right. You put in $200, you'll get an extra $100 to play with. Treat yourself to some extra cash in your pocket this holiday season. Support Degeneracy at the same time with promo code ABSOLUTEDGEN. It's not just winter season. It is winning season. So bet, win, and get paid with MyBookie. Absolute sports betting degeneracy. Hey, everybody. Arch here, and it is Tuesday after the Daily Show. I can't call it the main show because we have Mr. James Evans back in the house. What's going on, James? Love that. I love that introduction. The King is back. Um, I'm, I'm doing all well. Thank you. How about yourself, Arch? Hey, man, I can't complain. I can't complain. How was your holiday? <laughs> um, I mean, considering the sort of lockdowns and the various rules and restrictions we had. I mean, I think our family made the most of it considering it was all doom and gloom. Like most places across England, I think they're in tier four, whatever lockdown. But before we went into tier four, I managed to spend Christmas Eve with my mates and just got absolutely pissed at and absolutely pissed and sweated at the local boozer before Christmas day, hanging out my ass. So you can't really complain. That was a nice little touch, <laughs> but yeah, we're back recovered. Well, <laughs> Ready to talk to me, FC. Yep. And the man who's always living in doom and gloom. What's going on, Mason? <laughs> How's it going, Arch? I'm doing well. <laughs> oh, man. We didn't have a great weekend, Mason. We had an okay. Didn't, yeah, didn't it, lose a lot, but lost some. There was a, quite, quite a few shocks with the Joaquin Buckley fight and the Santiago Ponzinibbio, but it's the fight game. Anything can happen. Absolutely. I wasn't surprised with Ponzinibbio. Oh, well, if you had fucking showed up when you were supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. Sorry. All right. So we, we, go got, again? we got a fight and it's going to happen in like just over 24 hours here, right? Yeah. 24 hours or 25 hours and change. So we better get to it, boys. James, Indeed. what do you like? Well, I thought I'd start off with the main event as we do. That's one of the main fights I picked. And yeah. again, three fights, three fight cards in one week. You can't really complain. The MMA gods have blessed us. It's a shame we didn't really get to see the, well, we won't get to see the originally scheduled main event between Leon Edwards and Hamza Chamai. But still, nonetheless, this is a very good main event between Michael Chiesa and Neil Magny. Um, it's a bit of a tough one because with Neil Magny, I mean, he had that bit of a long layoff after losing to Santiago Ponsonibio with that, um, I think he got busted for drugs or something. So he had a two-year layoff, I believe. And then 2020, that year when he came back, I mean, what a phenomenal year that was. 
three uh, three wins over against a guy like Li Jingliang and Robbie Lawler. Those are the two standout victories. So it's fair to say the old Neil Magny is back, and against a guy like Michael Chiesa, who's coming off of a dominant, I think this. Uh, I think this is his first fight in almost a year. His last fight was against Rafael de Santos, I believe, at the top of my head. And he just absolutely mauled the Brazilian with his wrestling. And Neil Magny, I mean, he struggled against de Santos because of his superior wrestling. And I think that's going to be a big factor coming into this fight. I mean, Magny is by far the more well-rounded fighter because you know what Chiesa usually sticks to. He sticks to his bread and butter, which is his grappling. Um... He's pretty big for the welterweight division, Neil Magny. I'd say that, to say the least. He's got the longest reach in the division. I think he's got a five-inch advantage over Michael Chiesa. So that's going to be a big sort of factor in this fight. And they're both not natural finishers, so their gas tanks will really be crucial in earning the decision. I think this one does go the full distance. And I mean, if Magny... His takedown defence is okay. I believe it's like 60%. And Chiesa, at any given opportunity, is going to shoot in for the takedown at the first opportunity. And if he gets the early success, then maybe he's going to hunt down the submission whilst they're still sort of fresh. And if Magni can fend off the takedown submission attempts for the first, I'd say, two, three rounds, the fight is his, I think. I think he'll sort of cruise to victory. But you know Chiesa, it's just going to expand a lot of energy when he starts to tire. Magni's going to be there to pick him apart with his versatile strike and sort of keep keep the fight on the feet so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this one I think Magni does a lot of damage on the feet that's where he's most effective the game plan for Kiesa is try and get the fights on the floor but if it keeps standing Magni's got this one I'm going to go for a Magni by decision Magni decision alright Mason are you on this one? Um, I'm, I'm on this one but I've gone a bit the opposite way I, both, both guys obviously they've got the different attributes if Neil Magni keeps it on the feet he's going to I think he'll get the decision but if Michael Chiesa can t- take him down and control him he'll, he'll get the decision and like 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 James well like James did say Magni on the feet will have the edge and Chiesa will have the edge on the floor but I don't I don't know how it's going to go it like 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 you said it could go either of the two ways I think I, I think I think Chiesa is going to be always shooting in for the takedown. I think his grappling and his wrestling is going to be the factor in this fight to get him the win. And I think he's going to control the fight and I do think he'll get the decision win. Oh, okay. So yeah, you guys are on opposite sides. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You know, uh, let's see here. Magny's minus 138. Michael is plus 120. So it's a pretty, mm-hmm. pretty close fight. You know, look at these numbers. I got to think that Magny's probably going to take it out. So, yeah, I would be more inclined to follow James. Sorry, Mason. Making a mistake, Arch. Yeah, I, I, I usually <laughs> do. I'm going to throw a little bit of money on uh, Magny here. Even at the minus 138, I think you're okay. I think he probably can probably can win the fight. Yeah. All right. What else you got, James? Next up, I've got Umar Magomedov versus Sergei Morozov. And you look at the name Umar Magomedov, the Magomedov name is sort of established as the household name in recent times. Umar is the cousin of Khabib and he finally makes his UFC debut, you know, like Sergei. And I believe from watching various clips and highlight reels of Umar Magomedov, I think he's more than ready for the big time sitting with a, an unbeaten record of 12-0. and 0, And he, he's getting various experience in various other promotions and I've got nothing but respect for Umar Magomedov but again he's had a bit of an unfortunate time last year like I said 
He hasn't been fighting recently. This is his first fight in a year and a bit. So he'll want to sort of get off to a good start in 2021 and sort of push up the division. It, it wasn't really his fault. He had four fight cancellations last year. And like I said, he's got various experience across loads of promotions. And I'm very much looking forward to his debut. I mean, if you're training with Khabib Nurmagomedov, then you sh- you certainly want to watch... I was, well, I was going to say this weekend, but again, then may God have blessed us. Three fight cards in one week. Tomorrow, I should say, we're blessed for a good fight tomorrow between two debutants. And with Sergei Morozov, again, he's also sort of impressed in other promotions. He's won the M1 Bantamweight champ. Uh, he's the former M1 Bantamweight champion. And, you know, he's lost to a UFC prospect in Mosa Avloev. So he can't really complain with some of his losses. But when watching Morozov, Against Sagala Umar and Magomedov, I think this is a tasty sort of matchup for Umar. I think that because, as I said, you look at Sergei's fights, every time the fight goes to the floor, he sort of tends to struggle. And you look at some of his losses, he's got a couple of submission defeats. And again, when defending the takedowns, the, the defense is there, but like against a guy like Umar Namagomedov, eventually he will get you down. I think the game plan for Umar Namagomedov. It's just going to be keep shooting, keep shooting and try and get the fight to the floor because Umar Nurmagomedov is a grappling beast. And they're both going to be rusty because both haven't fought in a long time, but they're two hot prospects in the bantamweight division and they're both going to want to put on an impressive, impressive performance on their debuts. Morozov, as I said, former bantamweight champion M1. He's good on the feet. I've seen some of his clips on the feet. He's a very, very elite striker across the other promotions. He can knock you out in an instant. He's got a nice couple of first round finishes under his belt. I think that's the best tool in his uh, within his arsenal. And we, like I said, we've seen him struggle against high level grapplers. So I don't think that striking technique is going to be enough for Morozov in this one. I'm going to go for a new mind and Magad Medal via a comfortable decision. I, I totally agree with James on this one. As he said, both guys debuting in the UFC for the first time and Umar Namagomedov, cousin of Khabib, household name. I think everyone's going to have super high expectations of him carrying the Namagomedov name within the UFC. So his wrestling is going to be high. And as James said, both guys haven't fought in a while, so they may be a bit rusty, but I don't think Sergey is going to cause too many problems for Namagomedov. I think he's going to take him down, control him a lot and cruise to the decision. And I think, yeah, I'm going to, I'll, I'll just keep it there. I'll say Umar Namagomedov via decision. All right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Man, I minus 504 Umar is. Mm-hmm. And some books even have it up to almost minus 550. That's all. They're asking a lot. That's, that's asking a, 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 an awful lot. Are they really betting on him or are they betting on the name? That's my question. Uh, yeah, I think they're betting on the name more, but I think I think he's more than I think he's more than capable of carrying the name and living up to the potential. Mm. At plus three seventy five, I want to take a shot. I got to take Sergey. I, I don't know about round. I don't know about you know, how he's going to win necessarily, but three seven plus three seventy five. That's a nice little payout. So I, I'm going to jump on Sergey. I'm going to fade you both. <laughs> I can tell you're a gambling man. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Well, I've got one later that's a little little, little favorite-ish. So. Oh, dear. <laughs> All right. What else you got, James? Uh, next up, I've got Victoria Leonardo versus Manon Fierro. Again, another clash of the UFC debutants. I think Victoria Leonardo is fresh off of a perfect audition on the Contender Series. That time, it was her third fight of the year in 2020, notching her first 
her first knockout finish uh, against Chelsea Hackett in the second round. And again, the year sort of started off with uh, the second loss of her career when she met uh, Aaron Blanchfield in Victor 3-9 and she ate two huge head kicks on the way to suffering her first knockout loss. So again, you can't really complain. Um, however, she bounced back in perfect style with a decision victory over Liz Tracy again, which led to our opportunity on the contender series. And again, she she must have done something to impress Dana White with that impressive finish over Chelsea Hackett to an earn herself uh, a contract to the UFC and again she takes on a fellow debutant as I mentioned in Manon Furo who's 5-1 and one, and she arrives with some hype the French international she's coming off of the successful UAE Warriors flyweight title against Gabriela, uh, Gabriela Campos who she finished in the first round to make it three knockouts in a row she's on the winning streak of five after suffering a, prof- a professional debut loss and that was against Leah McCourt who I'm sure UK fans will know she's got her. She's establishing herself as a quick rising star in Bellator. So again, you can't complain with Manon. Again, she, she's fought a lot of times in this sort of region in UAE. So she, this is going to be a bit of a bread and butter. She's sort of acclimatised the conditions already. Victoria Leonardo, how will she cope with the with the heat and the sort of, will she acclimatise to her surroundings quickly? I, I don't know. But both fighters have gained some great experience. Like I said, Leonardo, she's fought for quality organisations and so has Piero. So this is going to be a tough, tough fight to call. I'm very much on the edge with this one. I think with... Now, you're going to be surprised when I say this. Firo, I noticed she's taken this fight on short notice, filling in for Natalia Silva. And you know I tend to favour the, the women's or the males who have had the, the more training time, the better camps, but I'm going for the one who stepped in on short notice here, Manon Fiero. I think in terms of on the feet, she this is a brilliant opportunity for the former champion to make an opportunity and to make a statement. She fights on familiar soil and she has a favourable matchup. I think she's got the better speed advantage and the better power should she get the job done via finish. But again, the striking department's all hers over Victoria Leonardo. She'll hunt for the knockout uh, Fiero, but if she doesn't get it, the decision is more likely. So I'm going to go for Fiero via decision. Mason, are you on this fight at all? Um, I'm I'm not on this fight in terms of betting on it, but I agree with James in what he said. I've, I'd say um, a man in decision win, but I'm not going to bet on this fight. Manon is minus two oh three, so that's that's a, that's a pretty healthy favorite there on short notice. Oh boy! And uh, the bookie here, my bookie, promo code absolute degen does not have <laughs> doesn't have the props listed for that one. You like that? Yeah, like that? That, that, was, that was very subtle. That yeah, arch. there you go. There you go. Uh, they don't have the uh, props list for this one, so I don't know what you're getting value-wise for your, the decision. So we'll keep an eye on this one. Uh, but I think you're probably right, James. I think Manon is probably going to take the fight. I just don't know that we can put up two hundred and three dollars to win one hundred on. So we'll keep an eye, we'll keep an eye on that and see what what what, what you get for the uh, decision bet specifically. Guess who's back? Back again. My bookie's back. Tell a friend. That's right, DJ's proud to say that we're. Once again, being brought to you by my bookie, but just because they weren't paying us doesn't mean we haven't been giving them some love. I still use my bookie to this date, and you should too. Why? Because March is about to get crazy. Insane. Maybe even a little mad. If you're still on the hunt for a sportsbook to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to 25,000 big ones, or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. 
Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now, take advantage of their generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is use the promo code DEGENS, that's D-E-G-E-N-S, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere. Use the promo code DEGENS to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Right. James, what else do you have? Is that it? Uh, I've got one more Ooh. between Mike Davis and Mason Jones. I, th- I think you're looking at Mike Davis. He's been very, very unfortunate. In 2020, he had two fights scheduled with uh, Giga Chikadze. They both fell through. His last fight was in 2019 against Thomas uh, Gifford. Won for a nice, uh, tidy finish in, late in, on in the third round, I believe. And again, he suffered two defeats at the top of his uh, career. And let's face it, I mean, Mason Jones is going to be a tough task, but Mike Davis is certainly going to be a tough ask for Mason Jones as well. This isn't the the most comfortable and most favourable of matchups for Mason Jones, to say the least. You look at Mike Davis's record. Two of his defeats were against Sadiq Youssef, who has established himself as a a featherweight contender who's got a lot of potential behind his name. That was in the contender series. And then his next defeat was against Gilbert Burns, who is fighting Kamar Usman for the Worldweight Championship next month. So, again, you can't really count those two losses because they're against some two high-level athletes. And he's coming off of a win, although he hasn't fought in a while, whereas with Mason Jones, I mean, he's got the perfect 10-0 record. And UK fans will certainly know that name, Mason Jones, because he's just absolutely steamrolled through the Cage Warriors lightweight division as well as the welterweight division so he's impressed in the Cage Warriors scene and it got to a point where by the UFC sort of had to sign him in a way because you've got to sign a two division champion for your roster because he's very marketable across the UK I'm sure I think Mason's got this fight as well many UK fans will know him so he's very marketable and if he gets a fight done against Mike Davis and he's going to be a real talent for the future as I said, Mike Davis has been less active. And again, you you can't really count those two defeats, but they've certainly gained him a lot of experience fighting a former, well, fighting an upcoming welterweight contender in Gilbert Burns. And his experience in the UFC will be crucial in the um, in the fight with Mason Jones. And again, that's why some many, some well, I say so many, many people might see him as the favourite here. However, Mason Jones looks like the real deal, and this is a huge opportunity to put some to put his name on the lightweight map. He's the welterweight champion as well in Cage Warriors, so he's a bit of a big bloke. It'll be at lightweight, and this is a fantastic matchup. And this will be an exciting scrap. They're both very aggressive, and will certainly look for the finish wherever that be on the feet or on the ground. They both got the knockout power. But I think with Mike Davis, he'll be wise to to keep the distance. Jones is very deadly at close range with the nasty elbows and knees. And if he gets Davis pinned to the mat, he'll be in serious trouble. So I think Davis is a very dangerous fighter. But I think I've got to back the Welshman to pull off 
I wouldn't call it an upset. I think I'll just pull off the picture in this one and continue a surgeon run. I'm going to go for amazing Jones for our decision. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I love this fight. Well, I, I, I love watching Mason Jones, but this I, I love the fight because it's his debut in the UFC. But at the same time, it's not the easiest of fights you could ask for for your debut. Obviously, Mike Davies only lost against Sadiq Youssef and Gilbert Burns. And if you're losing against those guys, there's no shame in it. Mason Jones, two-division champion in Cage Warriors, lightweight and welterweight. This guy, I think he's got the ability to to be something big in the UFC, depending how this fight turns out. If he does come through, win this fight, yeah, I think he's got a bright future in the UFC. And I've spoken to Mason before, and how he was speaking before his match was booked uh, and how confident he was, I just think it... Like I've said a few times on the show, I, I, I can't bet against anyone that is this confident going into a fight. And Mason Jones, he's so confident. I think the knockout power both guys have is immense. And like James said, Mike Davies isn't wanna, isn't going to want to keep it close. I think he's going to want to keep keep the distance. But Mason Jones, he, he's got the knees, he's got the elbows, he's got the punches. Defeated Adam Proctor in his last fight in September, I believe, to pick up the welterweight title alongside the lightweight title on Cage Warriors. And yeah, I, I think think this is a great, great fight to watch for fans because I think both guys are going to want to go for the finish. And I, I just think, I, I don't know if either of them will, but I'm backing Mason Jones to get the decision. Decision. Okay, got it. Mason Jones is a plus 142 underdog. Mike Davis is a 165-ish favorite. So that yeah. that's surprising to me because it looks like Mason Jones is going to take care of business. Mm-hmm. When I look at this, I, I don't have him just, you know, enough implied probability to cover a plus 142. I actually think he's probably going to win outright. So I like where you guys are at. Yeah, I think you should bet Mason Jones. I'm going to bet Mason Jones just, just a plus 142. And uh, you don't need to <laughs> make a prop bet, but I think you guys are probably probably right here. Mike yeah. Davis is going to get more uh, experience here as he gets his ass kicked by Mason Jones. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. Uh, yeah. My bookie still doesn't have the uh, props up, so I don't know what you're getting paid on the decision. We'll keep an eye on that. We'll definitely mm-hmm. be posting it all tomorrow morning on the app. Yeah. All right, James, that's it for you. No more bets. Yeah. No more bets. That's all my full fights done. Nice. Mason, what do you got on, on your card? There's one more fight that I've got that we've not spoke about, and it's the Lerone Murphy and Douglas Andrade. Obviously, Lerone Murphy, 9-0-1. He's debuting the UFC came on the prelims of UFC 242, and he got a draw against a very tough guy in Zubera Tahugov. Last time out on Fight Island, he defeated Ricardo Ramos via first-round knockout, but the guy is against Douglas Andrade, 26-3. He's... He's had almost three times the fights Lerone has, but like like I said, like I said on the last fight, when a guy's that confident going into a fight, I've seen uh, quite a few of the interviews Lerone's done leading up to this fight, and he he's just so confident. And I think this fight, I don't know if he'll get the knockout, but um, I'm backing Lerone to win this. I just think he's striking um, a next level to Douglas Douglas Andrade, and I think it's going to be. A fight that Lerone's more than capable of winning, but it's a fight that Douglas is able to win as well. But I'm gonna I'll keep it short. I'm gonna back my boy Lerone to win via decision. James, you got any thoughts on this one? Um 
You said by decision, didn't you, uh, Mason? Yeah, yeah, decision. Yeah, no, I think Lou, uh, Lorraine Murphy does get this one done because you look at Douglas Andrade, although Lorraine Murphy's first three fights have not been the easiest to pass, to say the least. You know, like you said, he, they matched him up with Zubaria to Hugov in his first fight and Ricardo Ramos in his second fight, and he's got through them both. So Douglas Andrade... He's more of an established bantamweight. His last fight was over a year ago against Henan Burrell, won that by unanimous decision. So there's no doubt Murphy's going to be the bigger bloke coming into this fight. And he's got the significant reach advantage as well. And I think he does get the finish in this one. I think he'll get the, I think he'll get it done via a second round TKO because I think the UFC maybe are wanting to, to sort of, Established Leroy Murphy as that next big top star in the featherweight division. And you look at Leroy Murphy, he has all the credentials and has the ability to become a huge star. And if he wants to become a big star, then he's got to make a real big statement tomorrow night against uh, Douglas Andrade, who's got tons of experience. And if he gets a finish, then again, that's only going to put his name on the map, Leroy Murphy, and potentially earn himself a, a potential nice uh, featherweight ranking next week. Nice, nice. So you think TKO, but you don't want to bet that. You're just kind of leaning that way. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably leaning towards the finish. I probably won't touch it personally. Okay, okay. Yeah, this is a tough one. Uh, Murphy's minus 320. Uh, Douglas here is plus 258 in, in that ballpark. I think Lerone Murphy wins the fight. I don't think that's a controversial statement, but that's a that's a big, big price to pay to bet him there. Uh, yeah. Ma- Mason's decision here catches plus 250. So mm-hmm. not, that's not bad. That's not bad. So, yeah, I, I'd be inclined to follow Mason here plus the two fifty, and uh, yeah, let's let's see what happens. Indeed. All right, Mason, did you have any more? Did you want to touch touch Tom yeah. Breeze? Yeah, I forgot about that one. Then um, Omari <laughs> Omari Akhmedov and Tom Breeze. I do. I, I love. I like this fight. Um, as Tom's a fellow Brit as well, um, I'm backing Tom in this. But Amari's not going to be no walkover. Twenty five and one. I just think it's going to be it is going to be a tough fight for Tom, but as we've seen in his previous fight, he's he's got the knockout power, and I think he's going to knock out um, Amari. I think his his last fight, I'm sure he dropped the guy with just a straight jab, and when you've got that much power and you're dropping guys with jabs, I think you, you've got the power to knock a lot of people out within that 185 pound division. And I'm going to go for a Tom Breeze just just to win via TKO. TKO. All right. James, you have any thoughts on this one? This is a real, real tough one for Tom yeah. Breeze because he's coming off of a, they said, a winning against KB Buller. Nice jab and clearly has the power in that middleweight division. And Amari Akhmedov got a ton of experience. And before his loss to, to Chris Wyman, I believe that was like five months ago, he was on a three fight win streak against Ian Heinish, uh, Zach Cummings, and uh, Tim Boach. So this isn't going to be a walk in the park for Tom Breeze, but. Like it's a sort of similar situation with Lorraine Murphy. If Tom Breeze can sort of make a real statement tomorrow night, then he will have a, a nice comfortable middleweight ranking next to him because I believe Amari Ahmedov is in the top 15 at, at the current present time we're speaking. Um, the height and the reach advantage is certainly going to pay dividends for Tom Breeze in this one. I think this is a bit of a coin flip fight because, again, Tom Breeze, he does have that power. But you look at Amaya Medov, he's got the experience and has the ability to go the full three rounds and sort of make this a dogfight and a, a true tough scrap for Tom Breeze. But like I said, it's a sort of pick and fight, coin flip one. Again, because he's a 
it's the it may be the British bias within me, but I'm going to go for Tom Breeze in this one. I think he will get this done via some form of finish. Mm, okay, no, I think Tom Breeze. Uh, he's minus one sixty, so he's a pretty he's a nice favorite. Uh, Amari's plus one thirty. I think Mason, you're probably on the right side of things, but I I don't want to bet this one. It looks to be t- way too close, way too close. Mm. All right, Mason, that was it. That was your bets. Yeah, that was done for my bets. That one. I, I wanted to ask you guys about a fight, the Sue Majeri fight. Yeah, Sue is minus four eighty-seven, so a huge favorite, massive favorite, which I think he covers. I think I, I I honestly think Sue wins nine times out of ten if they fight. Indeed, I, I agree with you there, Arch. Should I throw four hundred eighty-seven dollars to win one hundred? Because I mean, this looks like a, this looks like bank. It looks like bank. Um, I, I'll let I'll let James give you the answer on that one. All right, James. I mean, it's a bit of a mismatch to say the least. Yeah. And I mean, if you're Sue Madurji, you're going to be licking your lips at this matchup. Um, Sue is sort of wanting to to climb his way up the flyweight rankings, and this is the the most perfect of opportunities to do that against Zerka Adeshev. Uh, I think this is a bit, like I said, it's a bit of a mismatch. If I were you, I'd be. I'd also be licking my lips at this matchup and throwing a lot of money on the favourite. I, I would risk it here because you look at uh, Zuka, he doesn't have the experience. He's only fought five times professionally compared to Sue 17 and uh, Zuka. He's only fought once in the UFC and got finished convincingly by Tyson Nam. So if Sue can sort of put the pressure on early on, then I can no, I will no doubt tell you this for a fact right now, then Sue Madurji is going to get this one done however way he wants it. If he's, you know, straight off the block sharp right from the get-go because Zurika, again, is it, like I said, it's a bit of a mismatch. So I feel sorry for Zurika on this one. <laughs> so I, I, would, I would throw money on this one. Yeah, I might throw, I'll throw some money on this one. Yeah, because I, it just, yeah. uh, minus 47, that's 83%. You need to have more confidence than 83%. And I think it's closer to 90. I think, yeah, Sue just massacres. Yeah, that's what? an understatement there. So, <laughs> <laughs> what about this Worley Alves fight? Um, Worley's a plus two hundred four underdog. Mm-hmm. I think he's got a shot, enough of a shot to warrant a bet. Am I just crazy here? <laughs> I, well, personally, I think you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> that's my opinion. E- even before we talked about UFC, I'm still going to claim that you're the crazy person here. Okay. <laughs> <Just assuming. laughs> But uh, with Manir Lazes, uh, they don't call him. I mean, they call him the sniper, and there's a reason why they call him the sniper. He's a true sharp finisher. He's coming off of a decision win over Abdul Razak Al Hassan, and that was his UFC debut. And that was a bit of a, a tough test to go straight off into the blocks against Abdul Razak Al Hassan to get the comfortable decision. I've got nothing but respect for Manir because it's no easy test. You look at Wale De- uh, Alves. He's coming off a convincing loss to Randy Brown to miss a triangle choke. And that was over a year ago. And um, Manir's the more active fighter. He's got a lovely height advantage and he's got a big, big, big reach advantage over Wally Alves. So if Manir can sort of start off the blocks and start well from the first bell, I guess. I think he will get this done. Oh, I'm saying second round, but I think he will clip uh, Wally Alves towards the end of the first and then get it done eventually early on in the second. But I truly believe that you are crazy if you're sticking money on Wally Alves. But, you know, put your money where your uh, mouth is and you're certainly 
gambling on this one, Arch. Mason, is it, is it crazy? Is it insane? Uh, in a nice way, I'll say, yeah, it is a bit crazy, Arch. Right. I wouldn't. I personally wouldn't. Um, I'd leave it until, to be honest. Yeah, I, I just think Lazzesi's going to get this one. I don't know if he'll... He's, he's more than capable of getting the finish, but I've got a feeling he'll do a decision, comfortable decision. Okay. He'll control the fight. But I just, yeah, I, I wouldn't bet this one if I was you, Arch. But like James said, put your money where your mouth is and prove us wrong and earn yourself a few bucks. I asked the question. I asked the question. That's all I did. Okay, so <laughs> I, you guys talk me out of it. I won't bet this. I won't bet this one. No, knowing, knowing the look of the show now, Arch, Wally's going to get the first round TKO. Yeah, oh well, yeah. I will never let you forget that. I will never let you forget that. <laughs> All right, man. So we touched all the fights we wanted to talk about. Anything else we need to touch on, James? Um, literally just scrolling through the topology card now. There isn't really any stand-up fights where there's a potential underdog waiting in the wings to cause a huge upset. I think we've all covered it well. All right. So you guys are are you you're back together again? Podcasting sports sesh. In, indeed, we've got a um, couple of we've got one or two guests on next week. We'll keep we'll we'll announce them on our Facebook page, and um, I'm sure we'll be recording this week as well. Oh wow, nice! Look at you guys. You guys are turning into a respectable podcast. You'll have to you'll have to stop coming on this one pretty soon. <laughs> we'll we'll get you on as a guest soon, Arch. Oh yeah, yeah. I have a wealth of knowledge to offer people. Yeah, <laughs> that's the way it works. All right. So links in the description. Sports sesh links to James's Twitter, Mason's Twitter, all that stuff. Indeed. Get the hell out of here, guys. Cheers. Take care, mate. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owner-operators of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.